So here's the big question. How do we lighten our gear and build our confidence so that we can start living a life full of outdoor adventures and memories without having unlimited amounts of time, money, and previous experience? That's the big question, and we are here to help you find the answers. This is the Live Ultralight Podcast, powered by Outdoor Vitals. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Live Ultralight Podcast. Today, we have a very special podcast. It's your guys' favorite style of podcast, to our knowledge. Of course, we don't know exactly what you guys want all the time, but it appears to be your favorite type of podcast, which is a product launch podcast. We are rolling out a brand new product right now called the Ventus Active Hoodie. It is currently available on Kickstarter in pre-sale on that pre-sale platform. Um, For those of you that don't know what Kickstarter is, that is simply a pre-sale platform that we've used multiple times. That's where we raise money for the million dollar jacket. That's where we have the Sato Adventure Pants, the Dragon Wool. It's a really, really cool program for us to be able to innovate and grow faster without the use of venture capitalists um, and other people that can tarnish, is what we'll call it, tarnish the company's values and focus. So by using that platform, we can stay focused on building the best possible products, which is exactly what we've done this time in the Ventus Active Hoodie. Now, we'll talk about this at the end of the episode, but I just wanted to quickly tease this out there. that Those of those people that are especially acting very quickly on Kickstarter are going to, one, get bigger discounts. You're going to you actually save money. There's, we offer discounts by pre-ordering these things. So if you're interested in getting a big uh, discount, you're going to want to act as fast as you can. The other thing to consider here is ship times. We've been able to secure about 2,000 units um, to ship early, per se, on on an earlier shipment. Now, of those 2,000 units, um, that's what we can guarantee at least, the members are going to get kind of first right to that, but there's a good chance that there's going to be, you know, maybe if you're still backing this on day one, day two, uh, that, that those windows might be open. So just go check the campaign because if you're one of those people, um, you're going to get two to three month earlier ship time than the next reward tier, which is still going to be one to two months before the general public. So potentially you could get this thing up to four or five months earlier than the general public by acting fast. So that's really quick, a little bit about uh, Kickstarter and what we're, we're doing there, but let's dive right in to the actual product, the Ventus hoodie. Again, we've got a product designer on here, Brigham to take us through this process. He's a big part of the story and and what we've created here. Um, but just you're probably wondering, like, what is the Ventus Active Hoodie? And there's a few ways I can, I can try to explain it. Um, there's the way of, to our knowledge, it's the world's lightest weight-insulated hoodie. Um, it's just crazy light, crazy compact at only seven ounces. Um, we can talk about the warmth of it. it is, it's a very warm piece, but very breathable at the same time. Um, we will break that down. Um, I think this piece is kind of the most interesting, which is this thing is literally as light as a long sleeve t-shirt. It's as light as your thermals, as light as your base layers. Um, but it's as warm or similar in warmth to something as like a jacket. Um, it's warmer than most hoodies. So it's just a really unique piece. Something like, so just imagine wearing like a long sleeve t-shirt and it being as warm as your jacket. That's what we're talking about. That's what we've created. It's been an amazing process. We're super stoked to dive right in. So Brigham, without further ado, uh, how the heck did we get started on the Ventus Active Hoodie? Where, where did the idea come from, and and how did that even begin? Well, if I'm remembering uh, kind of like the very first spark, it would have been at the outdoor retailer, and I think it was winter. It was, it the, was winter the last show, one we went right? to. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we always try to meet with certain partners, um, 
we have a particular partner that is, they're just, they're, I don't know <laughs> how to not be too biased, but they're great. They're, they're so solid. But um, we were meeting with them about lots of things, talking to them face-to-face about current projects, upcoming capabilities, and they showed us this, tech, this insulation technology. Um, they brought it out, and it, I, I, I guess simultaneously, we really both latched onto that like internally, and it really kind of got the wheels turning as to like it was we saw the the insulation technology and then it generated started generating like ideas of what we could use it for and what application we could kind of morph it into yeah we left that meeting well we started that meeting with no plans of developing a hoodie or developing anything with an insulation even oh, like yeah. that we weren't we were talking about and I don't even think we were talking about anything that would go on the probably, upper body. <laughs> yeah, we were like probably talking about the Satu pants and, you know, stuff like that. And then all yeah. of a sudden they bring this out and it's like, boom, wow. Okay, the rest of the day, me and you were kind of like, we just, it was just in the back of our minds. We kept bringing it up, kept talking about it because we were just, it, it presented opportunities to build something that had never been built before. Um, I think pretty quickly we were, we were thinking, you know, what's the best application? And the first thing was, was a hoodie. Like that was the first thing that jumped into our minds is like, yes, that would be an exceptional product for a hoodie. But before we get down that line, let's just take a quick second to talk a little bit about, you know, where does some of our ideas even come from? Um, a lot of things I would say anymore, a lot of them come from trail and use. Like, obviously that's, that's where the majority of, of real ideas come from, but the, there's a big part of the innovation side of things that comes from partnerships. Um, in this example, or in the example of um, even the the Loftech jacket, right? The it was like we saw the insulation, and then it was like boom, this sparked this whole idea, and it was like let's go with the Loftech jacket. For instance, for years, people had been saying, "Hey, go build a puffy jacket, build a puffy jacket," and I'd never moved on it until I saw the Loftech insulation. Then I was like, okay go forward and it, and it did great things. Um, and same kind of with this, where it was like, we weren't really pursuing making another hoodie at all until we saw this insulation. So that's one way that some of our innovation happens. Another way that some of our innovation happens, which you'll catch uh, later in 2021, is we will push our partners to develop something specifically for us. You saw it with the Shadowlight backpack. Um, you know, we pushed them to develop that uh, aerobic spectra fabric for the Shadowlight backpack. And we're doing it again in some other ways. And so there's kind of a, a two-way system um, that we work with partners to encourage and, and, and promote more development. Um, so that's like from a textile material standpoint, um, that's, that's where some of that innovation, I guess, would come from. Um, and then hopefully, you know, from the trail side, you know, that's where we're coming in with, with more feature sets or, or things like that. But I just really wanted to highlight that because we do see great, cool innovations and we're, we're, we're very blessed and we've worked hard to get ourselves to a position where we get to work with some amazing partners. And uh, it's been so fun to see what innovations have transpired and are still in the works. Um, okay, so bringing it all the way back to the Ventus hoodie. Um, Let's, let's uh, talk. Okay, so we see this insulation. It says 25 gram stretchable, super warm for its weight insulation. In fact, they, they showed us some numbers and on a, that this, this innovation was actually so new because they'd actually made 3DFX insulation for a while. But right. They hadn't made a 25 gram 3DFX insulation. 
um, they'd made 60 grams and, and even a 40 gram was kind of the newest to that point in time, I believe. And, and that piece, um, like the 40 gram, they showed us some lab results and when comparing it to, uh, I won't name names, but the gold standard, we'll say, um, it was like, oh man, I don't think I wrote it down 25%, um, or so warmer for the, for the same amount of weight. So it was, it was warmer and it was trending that way from like the, when they tested the 60 gram insulation. So it almost seemed like the lighter it went, the more disparity it was creating. But, um, so we saw that it had crazy good warm, weight to warmth ratios. It stretched, it breathed, it was continuous so that you could put it in coated, uncoated fabrics. It had a lot of things going for it. Um, so we got pretty stoked. We thought, okay, let's put this in a hoodie. And we started to lay down some design parameters. Like what was our goal, you know, essentially, uh, do you remember back in those days, Brigham, kind of what we set out to, to build at that point in time, some of the, the things that we thought were the most important to achieve or, or focus on? Well, I guess along the, the, the lines of how lightweight the insulation was, we wanted something that was going to be lightweight. Um, obviously, that was the best application um, for it. But uh, yeah, we wanted, you know, in terms of a hoodie. Well, what kind of hoodie uh, does do we want it to be? A, a full zipper? Um, uh, is it just like something for more day to day city wear, or like nothing but backpacking? But uh, yeah, we kind of decided we wanted something that was for an active person um, that had good breathability. Um, a really good fit. That was probably one of the other things we really wanted to emphasize was a really good fit, which, you know, we can go into that later. But, um, yeah, we wanted to to, to make it um, not just basic, um, maybe basic from a distance, but very technical once you put it under a microscope. So, um, basically, we wanted it to be a technical performance hoodie that was very simple and lightweight comfortable, um, just really good for, for an active person, acknowledging that even an active person has to kind of settle down every once in a while and go to work or, you know, go home or they're not always out playing sports or mountain biking or hiking or running. But so in that case, it, it just, it still had to look good and feel good for kind of the day-to-day office person as well. Right. And I think, I think, outlining that active person like who might actually want to use this was was pretty pivotal when we had to come down to making decisions and and uh yeah creating it i guess the right way but we really wanted it to be ultralight we we knew it needed to breathe and vent um for this active person we knew that it needed to be really comfortable um you know both in terms of like maybe stretching and in terms of um, just fabric materials like against your skin and, and, and stuff like that. Right. Cause some people's favorite hoodies, a lot of times are like fleece hoodies or some, or cotton hoodies that are just comfortable against your skin. So we knew that that was kind of important. Um, a big thing that I thought of too, and, and, and it goes hand in hands with, with being ultra light and, and whatnot is just the compressibility. I don't know of hardly anyone that is really active that is not having to layer up and layer down like, it's very unlikely unless you're doing shorter increments of activity that you just like start in one set of clothes and you end in one set of clothes every time. Um, typically there's the sun's coming up, the sun's going down, there's weather application, there's, there's amount of strain that you're doing, whether you're, you're running or walking or hiking or, you know, there's all these different things. So packability became a really big thing too. 
um, that we, that we looked at for sure. And then, and then obviously the fit. So, um, we, we really feel, I really feel like with that person in mind, we created something that was just not there before. What I mean by this is, is there was a, there's a disparity. Um, I quit using hoodies for a very long time because they just didn't, they didn't line up. Like I just, like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, you can basically have like a base layer as warm as a jacket. Well, in, in hoodie world, um, there's cotton hoodies, there's fleece hoodies. There's kind of this technical, like, uh, tight knit weave hoodie as well. Um, and some of those will even have like grid fleece backers and stuff, but there's, there's these different hoodies. Um, first off, almost all of them are pretty heavy. All of them are heavier than a puffy jacket. Let's put it that way. Almost all of them are going to be heavier than like 12 ounces. So if they're heavier than 12 ounces, well, a puffy jacket's going to be warmer and more compressible. It's easier to pack and it's warmer. So I've always gotten more utility out of that. Plus when I look at it, it's like, I'm not really interested in cotton. Cotton's not the right application in my mind for a hoodie. Cotton, you know, it, it, it's cold when it's wet. It's hard to, to get dry. And we've talked about this before, but it might be suited better for a tropical environment. So putting it in a hoodie almost seems like a, just a completely wrong application. So why is it done? Well, it's comfortable and it's cheap. But then you look at fleece. Well, fleece is, is actually really good performing when it's wet. It's, it's quite affordable. It's comfortable. Um, but if any of you have ever had a fleece hoodie, man, the slightest breeze, and that thing is it's just getting cut through by the wind. Um, and then if you ever try to pack it up or put it on a scale, it's heavy and it's, it's quite bulky. And then you've got like these technical hoodies with maybe like a, like a tight-knit weave or something like that on the outer shell. Maybe they even put a grid fleece black backer in, inside of there. Um, or, or any version of that. Um, and the biggest problem I have with those is just the weight, weight in bulk again. Um, it's, if they've got a dense tight weave on it like that, that's just a heavier fabric. Like it's just, it's just going to be heavier than a puffy jacket. So if it's heavier than a puffy jacket, why would I not take the Loftec jacket or even our down jacket, right? Those are both, you know, 12 ish ounce jackets and they're going to compress smaller. They're easier to pack. And then when I need the warmth, I've got the warmth. Um, so I just quit using hoodies. And I didn't even realize it at first. Like I just, I don't know, it didn't even phase me, right? But as we got into developing this, I realized that there was a huge gap and that essentially there was no gap between a base layer type weight and, and a piece that would fit in between that and a puffy jacket. Um, you know, hoodies are really nice when you're wearing them. It's just a matter of when you take them off, you know, they, they can have a great application, be very comfortable and very useful when you're wearing them. But when you need to pack them or store them or, or anything like that, um, they don't really fall in line with a weight to warmth ratio uh, on the weight to warmth ratio scale for us, those of us that are minimalist um, type thinkers and backpackers and technical people. And, and so there seemed to be this massive gap and it seemed like these active people could really benefit from a piece like this. Um, so we got to work and uh, I don't know what, what did we, what happened from there, Brigham? Just, just trying to trying to remember, I guess, from outlying what we wanted to build the active hoodie person, the need in the market. Um, I don't know what kind of transpired next. Um, so kind of two directions we can go to, you know, designing the, the, the fit and how it's going to fit a person, but then, then also the materials. The, Stick with materials. Yeah. Okay. So materials, um, this kind of comes into like how we have, how it's really important to find good combinations of everything that goes into one piece because looking at the materials we're looking at a 25 gram uh you know continuous fiber stretch insulation is very very thin you can basically 
I mean, it's opaque. You can almost see through it. You know, if you hold it up to, you know, you two feet away from me, like I could see your outline through it. It's very thin. So had to look at materials. Well, what's the inside going to be? What's the outside going to be? And uh, in order to... Because you can ruin it. You can ruin that insulation by doing, by putting, pairing it with the wrong fabric. Totally. What, would that, so, what would that look like? Okay, well, to, to get the maximum efficiency of the insulation, to get the maximum loft and to minimize compressing that insulation as much as possible, you need a light fabric inside and out. You need the entire piece to be light, very lightweight, so that it can loft up, air can move in and out of it very easily. So it, it really ruled out, you know, kind of really dense, heavy fabrics. So if you put a, if you put a heavy fabric on a very compressible and lofty and soft insulation, the weight of the fabric is just going to compress the insulation and you lose a lot of the effectiveness of the insulation. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, if we were to like pair this with a heavier fabric, such as a 50 denier or a, or a 75 denier or something like that, you're saying that we would see a loss in warmth per se, or at least loft per se, where we're, we're taking, I don't know, some basically this beautiful ultralight insulation and we're just kind of tarnishing it and collapsing it and, and ruining its performance by wrapping it in the wrong fabric weight. Right. So let, let's just, okay. So if we were to use this insulation with a heavier fabric, let's say something that weighs twice as much, which is going to be somewhere in that, you know, 50D, 40-ish, maybe up to something higher than that. Just something, a heavier fabric. Um, the piece wouldn't be as light wouldn't be as warm, wouldn't breathe as well, wouldn't be as soft and comfortable. Okay. So that's so kind of the, why the did fabric we combination. Why did we decide on a 20 denier instead of like a 7 denier or a 10 denier, these super ultralight fabrics? Yep. So going back to the combination, who's this person for? What's it going to do? This is for an active person. So whether they're running, mountain biking, hiking, wearing it to the office, a 7D based fabric is incredibly fragile. Um, we have tested other fabric types in that weight category, in that yarn category, um, and just not been at all confident in the durability of that. And there, it's always a trade-off. We're trying to make a lightweight hoodie that's as durable as possible. So yeah, we could have used a 70 fabric, but then it's going to get shredded by a lot of people because we want a lot of people to be able to enjoy this. So, and maybe a note on that is, you know, we aren't like super big, I don't know, we don't, we don't, we're performance focused. We really are heavily performance focused, but I will say that we, we do really want to factor in durability because the best way that we can, can promote sustainability or, or just, you know, just not be too consumeristic focused is to make sure that our products last. Um, I think I've said this before, but Two, you know, manufacturing two really green products, totally green products per se, is still more environmental impact than producing one that will last longer. And so, so far, we've only ever put um, 20D fabrics on jackets and things like that. And I don't know if that's going to change in the near future or if we'll kind of stick at that 20D level. Yes, we could try to push the envelope a little bit, but um, we don't, we don't, we definitely don't want to push it to the point where it becomes a huge durability issue and we we suffer because of that. So just kind of a quick inside peek, I guess, on that. But we decided on a 20 denier. We felt like it was the right amount of weight and durability 
Um, and it, and I, I second that to this day that I feel like it's a great combination. It feels still is very durable. We still had, we have had no issues with durability. We've used it a lot. Um, but it's still crazy light and the hand fill is, is amazing on it. So, so we picked the fabric. Um, what other, I guess the other element that went into the fabric selection was we wanted it to stretch, right? We've got a stretch insulation. We want it to be an active piece. So let's talk about the, the, I don't know. I'm going to go blank on it, but the active, uh, venting active airflow movement per se and why it's important that the fabric is is stretching as well as the insulation and how that benefits people um well as you know if you're if you're moving that doesn't all of a sudden stop the need for airflow and air movement venting breathability so we needed a fabric that would that would breathe um because we have a, a breathable insulation. So the insulation is designed to always provide loft, whether it's stretched or not. And it's also designed as an active insulation. So it constantly breathes. So we couldn't just sandwich that into between two non-breathable fabrics. So um, finding a very good breathable fabric was, was important. So um, again, so we've got a 20D nylon interior and exterior. They're very much the same. The interior fabric has a little bit softer hand. They're both incredibly soft, but the interior is especially very soft and pliable and um, very, very breathable. The exterior fabric, we wanted it to make sure it was, uh, we wanted to make sure it was a little bit more durable and have a little bit better uh, uh, wind resistance, weather resistance, so it has a very light coating on it that still allows it to breathe, but uh, basically kind of makes the face of the fabric a little more dense, so so it blocks a lot of wind and uh, helps prevent moisture from penetrating the fabric, so it's a, it's a water-resistant fabric, um, and it's it's it has built-in mechanical stretch, so an active piece that you're going to be moving around and mobile with a active insulation that stretches as you go. We wanted the whole thing to be very comfortable, whether you're sitting still or doing any dynamic movements. Yeah, and what's what's cool with this? Again, we've been able to find a mechanical stretch uh, fabric so that there's no spandex in it, which is going to keep the fabric lighter, and it's also going to keep the fabric from holding any moisture. Um, we've targeted the placement of these two different fabric, uh, well, the same fabric, but the the one without the coating and the one with the coating. Um, to different areas of the jacket so that it does still have big panels and sections that are fully uncoated, extremely breathable. And um, so it's, it really paired up nice. It's a, it's a pretty expensive fabric um, to, to get when it's that light and stretches and does all these different things. Um, but it was, it was the perfect match pair per se for um, this hoodie. And, and that really brought a lot of things together because now we've kind of got the heart and soul of the product, which is the, the insulation. Now we've figured out the, the fabrics that we're putting on this. Um, but we still wanted to make sure it was breathable, but again, we're super focused on weight on this hoodie. And so we didn't want to put like pit zips in this thing, right? We didn't want to add zippers plus you're, you're, you're running and, and, you know, so, so we ended up looking at a different option and, and what did we end up kind of going with here, Brigham and, and what are, the pros and cons of, of it. Yeah. So to, uh, to address and kind of to, yeah, I guess to, to address the breathability, uh, for the active person, um, 
instead of doing pit zips, we wanted to have a, a good a good offering. So the underarm, uh, basically from the elbow down the whole side of the the body, is um, uses the the uncoated fabric, and then the we'll call it like the armpit section has no insulation in it. It's just fabric, a single layer of fabric, and we perforated it. So the the whole armpit area, and it's not, you know, just like a six-inch piece. It's, uh, oh, I can't remember. It's over 10, might even be 12 inches long, this perforated area. And it's wide enough that that's the hottest part of your upper body, whether you're sitting still or, or active. So we wanted that hottest part of the body to be able to breathe, release as much heat as possible, um, and maintain all the other, you know, requirements of the hoodie so yeah and i i've i've loved the 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 venting in the, that perforated zipper offers because or not zipper the perforated fabric offers and the lack of insulation there because a lot of times you know i'm going to use this hoodie for sure traveling i'm going to use it backpacking i'm going to use it on single track trail i'm going to be using it um in all sorts of application but guess what i still use it at the office you know and we'll get into some of the versatility of the applications of this piece. But, you know, even sitting at the office, you've got your arms down at your side and whatnot. And, you know, having those vents there and things like that just keep you regulated so much better. And then when you go out and, you you know, so if you're stagnant, your arms are at your side. And then when you start to get active, you know, you're lifting your arms, you're moving your arms. Um, and it's a great way to dump heat as well. Um, so between that and then the zipper, we are able to vent. So what did we do with the zipper? Um Brigham, and why did we kind of decide on the length of the zipper and, and the style? Um, yeah, the, the zipper is an interesting thing that I think a lot of people overlook in terms of ventilation and releasing heat and regulating your temperature. It's incredibly effective by just having what's uh, more than a quarter zipper, less than a half a zipper, but uh, call it a half zip. So it's by opening up that up all the way when, when I have particularly gotten really hot being in really high exertion activity, it works really quickly, um, at just releasing heat and you can, you can feel the airflow immediately. Um, so the combination of the, 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 the uh, perforated venting, the lack of insulation in the underarm and the zip, um, we have found, and a lot of people testing for us and using it have found that it regulates temperature very well. Um, going back to material selection for the whole application in this hoodie, we also didn't want to include like a full zip. We didn't want it to be a full zip. The the, the whole zipper... We're going to get it, that question. It looks different. It doesn't have the clean, streamlined, sharp look of the, zip, the, of the zipper configuration we have. And it adds, it adds extra weight. When you're talking about a you know a size large hoodie that weighs seven ounces, the extra 16 inches of zipper is significant. And that those are choices we make as a company with our product line is is uh, you know doing away with extra zipper when we feel like we are very happy with a piece that uses less materials. Yeah, I mean, devil's advocate here, people are going to be like, oh, I just want a full-length zip. It's maybe easier to get on and off. Um, and if we were focused mainly on convenience, this jacket would be a totally, or this hoodie would be a totally different piece, right? Like, 
we'd give it a full length zip. We'd, we'd just build the whole thing different, right? But what this jacket is focused on is, is a very high level performance product that can also compress and, and pack and be easily stowable and zippers, you know, are things that aren't as easily stowable. So some of the pros, I guess, of doing the, the kind of third zip quarter zip hoodie is one, if you do zip it down, in my opinion, if you've got it all the way down, it's, it's going to look better venting. It's it just like, instead of the zipper being able to go all the way halfway down and so on and so forth, it's, it's going to have a better look about it. But, um, Excuse me. The the other big pros, I guess, to it, uh, in my opinion, obviously weight, packability. It's it, it looks sharp, um, but by continuing that zipper down farther too, there's there's other elements, I guess, to consider. Now you've got more of a zipper track. You've got more potential for catching it on things if if you're being super active, right? You've got more potential for just. I don't want to say durability because like a, a jacket is extremely durable. There's not really issues or anything like that. But um, the whole purpose of this piece is to be as light as weight as possible, as functional as possible, and and just performance focused. And the half zip made the absolute, or the, not the half zip, but the quarter, third zip uh, made the absolute most sense to us. And, you know, we, we definitely debated it. We debated it back and forth. We looked at it. We got a, a different opinions. Um, but when it really came down to it, it was a, a great fit for this particular application. Anything else, I guess, on the zipper side of things that we want to touch on? No, obviously, I think we're good. Obviously, we're going to use a YKK zipper on it. Um, for those of you that care, we've got our little logo on there. It looks pretty, pretty good looking. Um, so smooth running zipper. Let's, so moving on from that, um, let's talk a little bit about the, the hood of the jacket now. Um, well, actually before we get to that, I'll, I'll stay at the bottom here, um, along the side. So, so part of having that, that zip down is an easier on and off experience. We did want to be able to, you know, in the, in the zip down position of the, of the hoodie, it's going to be easy to get on, um, zip up, you know, et cetera. We've also added at the bottom of it along the side little panel, um, some, some elastic, some stretch essentially that will, makes it easier to get on, but still keeps it a little bit tighter. So, um, that, I mean, just be aware of that. It's, it's a, it's a small touch point right at the hem. Um, so you're not going to have like ties and things hanging off this jacket. We did away with anything like that, trying to delete out any unnecessary features, um, ties, tassels and stuff. It's just going to have some built in, um, elastic along the side, which is going to help again for making it get on and off easily. Um, speaking of getting things on and off, let's talk for a second about the sleeves. Obviously we've got a little bit of elastic in the cuffs and then right there as well, we've got some thumb holes, the thumb holes. Um, I don't know if, if you, if this is like true or not, but for the most part, to my knowledge, Brigham, you've designed them, you've built them strictly for layering, not necessarily to like leave on all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. That is really just, um, uh, because of the versatility we want this piece to have, we want it to have a broad application. So if you're using this as a mid-layer or you just need to put a rain jacket over it or a really lightweight wind jacket or, you know, just something, you're layering something over it, the fabric is very light and very soft. Um, and so having we just put these little elastic thumb loops, um, so it's not necessarily a hole in the sleeve, it's just a little internal loop. You hook your thumb on that so that when you're just putting another jacket on top of it, your sleeves don't ride up and get bunched up on you. So it's just 
pretty unobtrusive little little loops there. You just put your thumbs on there, put your jacket on, and then you just pull them off. It's really just to make it easier for layering. Okay. Um, trying to think of anything else we want to touch on. We let's talk about the ref well. Let's talk about the hood, and then we'll talk about the reflectiveness, and then. Um, if we've got more features to cover, we will. Otherwise, we'll kind of jump into the application yeah. and really where the hoodie stands out, right? So um, with the hood aspect, this kind of does dabble on the application side a little bit, but the hood, um, we have a full-sized hood. It's it's going to be tighter to your head, um, designed to go under a helmet per se. It's I've really, really liked the hood because um, I don't know if you've ever put on like a fold-down jackets type hood. Obviously, that's a much bigger piece. Um, even with a good adjustment system on the hood, um, it's just like not more cumbersome, but kind of more cumbersome. It's just thicker, it's warmer, it's bigger. And a lot of times your heat, your, your heat is coming out of your head. And, and so you like, you can get really hot really quickly in your head when you're, when you're active. Um, what I've really liked about the Ventus hoodie is using it as a hood, especially in layering systems, winters, you know, winter times, things like that, is I can pull that hood on. Let's say it's, I'm using it in a layer. It's not my my heaviest or thickest or warmest layer per se. Um, just a great application um, for a hood. I, I've really liked the hood. It, it adds a lot, but it's not like, like you can still hear through it. You know what I mean? You can still talk to people when the hood's on instead of having it be so big or so loud or, or anything like that. Um, and then, yeah, it'll fit. I fit it under helmets um, and just, just has a good application. Again, we've, we've done it pretty, I guess, quote unquote, like feature delete. It's, it's, fits really well, but it's not, um, and, and you can turn your head, you can move with it really, really well. Um, but there's not much else on the hood to mess with or, or dabble with. Yeah. It's really just designed to be ana anatomically cut and fit without squeezing your head and without having too much excess. So it, as you turn your head, your head doesn't turn inside the hood and you don't end up looking at the inside of your hood. It moves with you without being constrictive um, and also without having, you know, some of those little cord locks and things with that, like bumping into the back of your head or just any of that. So it's again, designed to be pretty minimalist and very lightweight and, and comfortable. So it's just something that when you put the hood on, because you have a need to keep your head warm, it feels very comfortable. It slides on easily, but it's not excessive and it's not tight. It just, it stays in place and you know, byproduct is that it, it, it looks good. It doesn't look odd or out of place, whether it's hanging off the back or on top of your head. So, and one of the, one of the things that I really like about that is, you know, one of my favorite hoods to wear is the dragon wool hoodies hood. Um, cause it's just so unobtrusive. It's nice. It's comfortable next to your, your face. It's, it's, it's just comfortable. Right. And, and, uh, so the nice thing about the Ventus hoodie or the dragon wool hoodie is the fact that I can sleep in it and just be super comfortable. Um, I do sleep in like my loft tech jacket or my down jacket from time to time. But when I do, I'm pretty conscious of like those cord locks, like you're mentioning. Um, I have to, you know, if you slept right in the right position, you're going to get a cord lock on the back of your head, um, which again, doesn't, it's never going to bother you when you're out and about and using it in the way that it's kind of designed to be using. But the nice thing about like the Ventus hoodie is if you're sleeping in it, um, then you, you just don't have those cord locks or other potentials to, to be a little bit cumbersome laying your head down. Um, so 
I've just thought about that because I've literally slept in the Ventus hoodie a few times yeah. <laughs> already. <laughs> um, all right, talk about the hood. Let's talk about the 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 print. The as far as the reflective print and just kind of the the overall branding, um, where it's kind of not unlogoed but minimal minimally logoed per se. Yeah, this piece is interesting because it's probably one of the, um, again, we, where we wanted it to have such a broad application, um, that we had to put more focus into kind of a clean look and just it looking good. <laughs> Not that we sell other stuff that doesn't look good, but like we, it, we had to pay more attention to it for this application. And so we felt like um, we didn't really want loud branding or really bright branding so like our logo is very subtle and we also wanted to add some kind of safety feature for the active person whether they're cycling just to work or exercising you know so if there's you know low light situations where there's going to be vehicles and things we wanted to have some kind of reflective but we didn't really want it to stand out so we put a clear reflective print on it and we used the same clear reflective print print for the logo so the logo is um, right on the chest but from a distance you can't even really see it um, and you know I think I think it turned out pretty well most people have received it pretty well it gives it uh, so that the reflective print um, is on the arms kind of out by the elbows it gives the hoodie a really cool look um, it's not distracting it's, it's simple but there's a nice yeah. design element to it I feel like and then yeah, the logo with it being the print. I think that some people will like be like, like it'll catch them at first, but then once they see it, it, it I think they're. I think it's really cool. I think I think it's a really cool application. So, um, so yeah, it's got the reflective on there. Let's talk about this. Let's talk for a second about sizing. Um, I feel like we've we've dialed in the sizing. I've, everyone's really happy with the sizing. Um, it's. It's athletic cut, but again, if for those of you that have followed us a long time, it's nothing like our first Loftec jacket. Um, it's going to be right in line with our current sizing. So, if you ever if you bought the Dragonwell hoodie or a very current jacket, it's going to fit right in between those two as far as the overall sizing of it, right? And and um, just order whatever size you currently are wearing in hoodies. You know, yeah, don't don't size up or down. Just order order your size. Yep, and. We are offering it in women's sizing. We've done some some extensive work there. We're releasing it in women's sizing. We are pretty dang stoked for that. And the nice thing is too with this, um, we've you'll be able to see with like video footage and different things. We've we've just got a lot of feedback from women. We've got a lot of women in videos, you know, using it, and you can see the fit. You get a a better picture on that per se. But um, I will say this. Developing the Satu pants, when we developed those and, and had women use them and, and stuff, they liked them. They are excited about them. Um, when we developed the hoodie and gave it to women, it was it was like going kind of from good to great. You know what I mean? It was like suddenly I couldn't find my hoodie ever because my wife was constantly taking our prototype hoodie. You know what I mean? I'm like, I need that hoodie. You know, and then the second we got the next one, it was like, nope, this one's mine now. You have the next round of prototypes. Like, I, you know, just things like that, giving them to different people to size them on. You know, one of the, the girls from the office, Maddie, she was on the podcast. You know, we let her try one on and she's just like, 
was bugging bugging Derek and everyone in the office like when can I get a hoodie when can I get a hoodie so I, th- I feel like it's very well received for women and we do have women specific sizing yeah and let me even I need to add to that because it's not it's not um, just women specific sizing meaning um, you know how Tayson kind of said his wife would use his and really loved it well you know it just so happens that the man's version she really liked now we have women specific sizing and fit. So the pattern for the hoodie is completely different for the women's versus the men's. So it's not just a retagged men's size. Um, it is like completely specced out for a woman's fit. And that's why I think that's why we're getting such a good uh, feedback loop from, from the women that have got testers used it extensively and used it in all kinds of applications. Um, so just wanted to make sure that's kind of noted is it's not, uh, it's not women's sizing of the men's version. There's a men's version and a women's version. And uh, we're, yeah, I, I, I'm probably the most excited about just the being able to offer the, the women's version with such good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can promise you there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was filming a video and, and, I needed to throw a hoodie on or, or something. I, need, I needed to throw a hoodie on because I was talking about the Ventus hoodie. And we'd just gotten a pile of like samples that we're using for video footage to send to influencers to get more feedback testing, you know, that, that whole process. And so I walk over to a box. I grab one out that says XL on it. I come over here. I throw it on. And I'm like, what is what is going on? I'm, and I'm like, I'm noticing it. And then we kind of jump in and we start filming this video. And I'm like, man, the, the sleeves feel a little shorter. Like, I don't know what's, you know, something, something is different about this check, this, this hoodie. And, and uh, so then we get finished up and I go over to Brigham. I say, dude, they've messed up. They've, they've messed up our hoodies. We've got big problems. Uh, look how this is fitting on me. You know, <laughs> look at, look at this, look at this. And he's like, wait, which box did you grab that out of? And I point to the box like, yeah, those are the women's. <laughs> Dude, you, you you left out a massive heart attack on my side, though. You, you left out a 30-minute window of panic and anger and frustration and stress because yeah, we'll just elaborate on that a little bit. So, so I started pulling Wait, out. Wait, we started like, pulling measurements? I started pulling out every other XL and like, holy cow, look how off this is and, and pulling out, you know, looking at my spec sheet, looking at all my measurements for my whole, got the spreadsheet out and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like enormously off. And I was, and then (laughs) it just so happened that the thought came to my mind, like, well, let me just grab one out of this box and measure. Anyway, then I realized you had taken it out of the women's, the women's box. And that was a giant sigh of relief. It's a big relief. We got the big Sharpie out, wrote women all over the box yep. so that we didn't make that mistake again. But uh, that was, that was, so they're different. Just so you know, they're very different. <laughs> yeah. But I, I too am, am very excited to offer this to the women. I was very excited to offer the pants for the women. Um, we learned pretty quickly that there, that was a huge undertaking. And we, if I could go back and do it again, like, I don't know that I would do anything different, but I would, I'm, I think the fit and everything dialed in, it just sounds like it's more or less, it's harder to have a perfect fit for pants, um, for in the women sizing, you know, um, men's seems a little bit more straightforward. Whereas we would consistently ask women, what size are you? And they'd say, well, it depends. That was literally of, of 10 women that I'd ask what size they are. 
eight would say it depends. And so if it was difficult, um, I think that, that we still did a fantastic job with it. And I think, um, and I think the women, you know, the women that bought it would, would attest to that. Um, but with the hoodies, I feel like we've nailed it. I feel like the feedback has been phenomenal. I feel like it's a little bit easier target to hit per se too. Um, but yeah, we've, we've, we're, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm, I think that this is really going to hit the ground running. I think women are going to be able to see, um, other women in the videos using it. And, and it's, it's, it's exciting. I think it's, it's a great fit, um, and, and a good, a good product to launch into the women specific category. So, okay. Um, let's talk about colors. What colors are we going to be offering this in Brigham? Um, so we're, we're going to be offering it in black, um, blue and, uh, and olive, like a, a dark green olive. Yep. And that's for both the men and the women. Yep. Okay. So let's, I think we've covered the details, the, the specs. There's one thing I don't think we, I think we skipped is the stuff pocket, the internal stuff yes, pocket. That's or a big deal too. Doing that later. No, right now. Let's do it. What, what to go ahead and tell them about the, the internal pocket. What was the idea? Well, we, again, you know, we want this to be just so usable for everybody, whether it's travel, backpacking, uh, you know, going to work, going to the gym, um, whatever. So we wanted to, to be able to pack into something. We thought, do, do we just include a little stuff sack? Do we have it, uh, do we make a, a zipper pocket that we stuffs into and we zip it shut and um, played around with some different things and decided on just having a very unobtrusive uh, stretch mesh pocket inside that we've basically just built into the the main zipper and the shoulder seam. So that enabled us to have no additional sewing lines, um, and it's just you can't even feel it when you put it on. So it's just an has one opening um, that's relatively small. So when you take the the hoodie off, you can just start stuffing it backwards into this little pocket. And then it, it stuffs into itself about the size of a softball or a grapefruit, depending on what size hoodie it is. But, you know, just going into minimalist. It's smaller than our puffy jacket. Let's oh, put yeah, that for way. Sure. No matter what the sizes that you have, it's going to be smaller than, yeah, like, sure. like, I don't know, 30 to 40% smaller probably than like a Loftec puffy jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just something we wanted to add in there to make it easy for people that are traveling or going to work or the gym. Um, that if they did feel like they needed to maximize space in their bag, they can stuff it into that little pocket without worrying about zippers uh, catching on something or snagging anything. And the nice part about also not having any zippers on the inside is you, you, I almost every time I forget that the pocket exists. Yeah. I, you can't well, feel it. I think we do need to talk a little bit about pockets and and just that sense. So. The nice, uh, there's, there, I don't know, we'll come back to pockets. Let's talk for just a second about the fact that this insulation, it, it's extremely stable and because of its stretch and different things, it's durable, which means we have to, we don't have to put hardly any sewing lines in this thing. We've got a, I don't, I'll probably say this wrong, a raglan sleeve. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've, we like, there's just no real sewing lines in it, which is super nice when he goes talk about the pocket and not having to put any extra sewing lines and stuff in it. That's a big deal because any sewing line becomes one holes in the product. Like they have to sew that through with a needle, right? The needles penetrating, um, that, that fabric everywhere it goes. 
Um, the other thing is everywhere that that goes and happens, it compresses the insulation. Yep. So it's kind of like a marvel sometimes that like a down jacket is so warm because you don't make, I don't know, maybe a parkas are this way, but other than that, they don't make a, like a, uh, a baffled jacket, right? It's all sewn through. So like even with those sewn through lines in a down jacket, it's still extremely warm. And that's why like the size of the baffle matters considerably in the warmth of the jacket. So like a regulator down jacket, the baffle size is like six centimeters or something like that. Um, and it creates a ton of warmth because there's less sewing lines as well, plus good loft. Um, so with this piece, we had to put, we didn't have to do anything for stability of the insulation. We just built it exactly how we wanted to. And the insulation is stable enough to stay put and, and be durable and wash and go through wash cycles and all of that. And, and that's a big plus because being as thin as it is, any sewing line in there is going to be, I don't know want to say magnified, but just more noticeable per se, or yeah, like, yeah. and so the fact that it can be a, a single sheet basically affords you the ability to have a much thinner insulation and capitalizing it better warmth values out of the entire garment. Yeah, for sure. It just, it, it maximizes the loft capability of the insulation, which would be significantly decreased every time you put a, a stitch sewing line anywhere on the insulation. So. so people, I think, will be blown away when they wear this thing at the warmth. Like, they're, they're going to be blown away in my mind, especially when you grab it. And again, picture, like, like literally this thing weighs in between the weight of, like, a cotton shirt. Like, depending on the cotton shirt you have, it's a similar weight to a cotton shirt. Yeah. And so picture, like, picking a cotton shirt up and being like, this is as warm as, like, a lightweight jacket. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's it's warm. And especially when you like have it on and it's so light against your skin, it's, it's, it's a bit deceptive. I think it's a good word to kind of, since people can't hold it right now and look at it to talk about it. It's deceptive. Like it's to see everybody that I hand it to is a little bit surprised or taken back by, you can feel the loft, but then when you show them the insulation, it's like, how does that even make sense? It's, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's barely thicker than fabric, but it's like um, one plus one equals three that, in this scenario. Yeah, just that sweet combination, but it really is like like imagine like thermals. Like just imagine like putting on thermals and like a thermal top. That's like the same weight, but then just like quadruple the warmth that you get out of that thermal. That's like that's what I'm trying to convey in words here, and I I don't feel like I can do it because it's it's it is deceptive. It's it's remarkable, and it's and for how light it is, we're not saying it's. I'm not saying it's full jacket warmth. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is for the weight and the size of it and everything, you're going to be v crazy impressed with how warm it is. Um, and second here, we'll talk about like where it fits in, like Ventus, where does it fit in with the Loftec and the regulator and the Dragon Wool piece and explaining kind of the applications to that. Um, but let's also just start with with applications in general. The, a big purpose of this thing was to be extremely versatile. And I feel like we've nailed that. So Brigham, let's kind of run through some scenarios of, of use cases, applications, and where it stands out, how you're going to use it, et cetera, et cetera. So let's just start with obviously our core audience or backpackers. So let's start there. And then let's kind of talk about travel, maybe single track running different things, but starting with backpacking, how are you using this piece and what are you, what are you, I don't know, what are the biggest pros of it? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll run through how I, how I'm using it. So in cold, 
windy conditions, I will use it as my, my outer piece as I'm traveling, whether that's, well, I've, I've used it hiking, snowshoeing and cross country skiing with a pack on. Um, and, and when I say cold, that's because I'm a very warm hiker. I sweat no matter what. Um, but when it's like, for example, we've talked about this before on earlier podcasts, but we did a cross country ski backpacking trip over 10,000 feet wind over 20 the whole time and we're exposed. And that was such a good test and application for that, for the Ventus hoodie was, uh, the wind was just blowing the whole time and, you know, up there, you know, so you're, you're easily into the twenties, the low twenties, if not the teens with the wind and, uh, you know, with the pack on sure, my back was really warm, but there was so much exposure. So that was, that's, that's one application is. Well, and let's talk super quick. I don't want to derail you too much off the application here, but like, why did it perform in that breezy, windy condition, you know, versus another sure. hoodie? Like if, if, let's say you had a fleece hoodie on or I don't know, name a hoodie, right? Yeah. What was different than, than the Ventus? So it, it uh, the wind resistance. So it was, it is, it is very good at shielding from the wind. Um, and not in so not in a way that you would just think, oh, well, like a wind, a wind shirt or a wind jacket can do because it's got that little bit of insulation. So even, you know, uh, a wind jacket, if it's against your skin, technically it's blocking the wind, but the, the, the temperature can still be pulled from your body because it's so thin and, and the wind will blow it against your skin and then, and now you're cold. So for the, for the Ventus hoodie, it's just really wind resistant. Um, it's almost like if, if you were to try to compare it, it'd be like, okay, leave a, a nice fleece hoodie on, but then put the windbreaker on top of it. Yeah, but instead, yeah. this combines yes. both of them and is a fraction of the weight. Yes. It, it kind of eliminates the extra piece. Mm-hmm. So for that environment, it was, it was so good um, just because it was giving me just the right amount of warmth. Didn't make me overheat. Um, but really protected me from the wind. And I, that was where the hood came in big time was just throwing the hood on and keeping my, my ears from freezing and just getting that, that, that cold headache, the head pain from cold wind blowing into your ears. And, um, that was, that's one application. Um, I've also used it, um, where, um, like kind of as a standalone piece, just kind of on walks with my family or just going, going for walks with kids where it's what you'd call like sweater weather, kind of spring or fall type weather, forties, maybe fifties, and just not highly exerting myself, but still moving. Um, that's, that'd be like the kind of the standalone jacket quote or, you know, sweater. Um, I've used it, uh, layering in, a multitude of hikes slash uh, backpacking overnight trips. Um, I'll put either just a, a rain jacket over it, and that's been enough, or I'll put like a down puffy over it, and then that has covered me for the rest of the night in the middle of winter. So, you know, something like a really thin base layer, a Ventus hoodie, and then a down regulator jacket over the top that's a really good combination. So it works really good as a lofted mid layer 
which yeah. is, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Like a lot of times a mid layer is thought as kind of like that fleece or something like that. But this does really well as a mid layer under, whether it's just a rain jacket. Um, I have worn it under a wind jacket and also, uh, a down jacket. Yeah. I think this is a great opportunity to segue for just a second too, into the applications of all of the different layering pieces that we now offer. Um, I know, I think on that trip, when we were doing the cross country skiing, you had a dragon wool hoodie on underneath as your base layer. I or was, that uh, I was using a prototype really lightweight. Base oh, layer. that's right. A different wool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was using a dragon wool piece and I believe, and that, that like, so in context here, dragon wool to me, I am often using it as a base layer piece. Um, I do occasionally use it as a mid layer piece. But what I, if you're using it as a mid-layer piece, think of it more as like a long sleeve shirt type mm-hmm. thing instead of a like lofted, significantly warm type piece, right? right. It's, it's it, it takes the wind off, it takes the chill off, it allows your body to kind of, um, you know, just not be fully exposed. It dries really well, odor, et cetera, but it works really good close to your skin, base layer or really, or just maybe one very white lightweight layer in between you and it. Um, warmth wise, it's going to be warm for what it is, but it's not a high loft piece. Um, so then you're thinking, okay, if that's the dragon wool piece, then you've got the Ventus, which is, um, I'll call it a high loft, but it's obviously 25 gram. It's not like high, high loft, right? It's, yeah. it's just lofted. I'll say a lofted piece. Um, and that's going to work great as this mid layer. Like you're not going to wear it as your base layer. You're going to want some kind of, um, performance shirt or, you know, something base layer underneath it typically. And then this piece, so it's going to work really well as a mid layer. Um, it's going to, he's kind of already alluded to to kind of the warmth level of it. Um, in, in context here, I would say it's, it's, it's going to be warmer than the dragon wool piece, not quite as warm as the loft tech piece. Um, I think you'd be a little bit surprised at how close it is to the warmth of the loft tech piece sometimes. Um, but it's, we'll say it's, it's not quite to the loft tech warmth level. So then you've got the loft tech jacket. Um, the nice thing about both the loft tech and the Ventus though, is the, is the fact that you can sweat in it is the fact that it can get wet, um, and still perform, you know? And, and so like, there's kind of like where it is something like this. So let's just talk about this really quick. Could we have made a down piece, this light at this kind of same warmth level? Uh, you know, I don't know. It would have been tight. I don't, it would be really, I mean, you'd be using tons of stitch lines because you'd you'd be putting so little down in it and. But there's people that have like a down sweater, right? Like, like, like I want to say Patagonia has something called a down sweater. Yeah. Very small baffles, very small amounts of insulation of down in it. And I'm sure it could get pretty dang light. I don't know if it could get lighter or if it'd be on the same par or just an ounce or two heavier. Right. Um, but it'd be a very, very lightweight piece. Um, but the pro of this is the more insulation that you need to use, the more advantageous down gets because the weight to warmth ratio and down is so significant. Yeah. When you're talking about something that's this close to your skin, something you're being this active in down is not going to be the best application because you've got coatings, you've got, um, you just lose a ton of breathability in it. And if it does get, you know, if you do sweat or if you do whatever, if it gets wet in any way, um, you start to have that start 
that, that, that voice in the back of your head, you know, we're going where uh, might, might start depending on what grade of down and down coatings you have, it can start to degrade it. Um, and, and so anyways, the whole, the whole concept here is using synthetic in this, in, in, in both like the Loftec jacket level of insulation and especially though the Ventus level of insulation, it's a great fit. It's a great fit because there's a good chance if you're like me or Brigham and you sweat, like you're going to sweat in this thing for sure. And it's, it's being a synthetic piece. It's going to perform amazing at that. So, okay. So we've got the, the, the Ventus is kind of that lofted mid layer. It works really, really good there. Um, then you've got the Loftec jacket. That's going to be slightly warmer, um, has all its pros and, and benefits. And then you've got the regulator piece. So we've got a, basically a four part system right now laid out where, you know, dragon is going to be a very good, warm base layer, um, then you've got the Ventus, then, then you've got the, the Loftec piece and then the regulator. So kind of jumping back into the application sides of things though, yeah. um, sticking with backpacking, you've mentioned how you've used it in layers, especially in the winter, but what about if you were to take this out in the summer? Like that, yeah, that was kind of my next application is, uh, for me, this is like kind of that, uh, unless I know I'm going to be way high up, you know, where it's still likely to get down into probably the thirties, you know? So I'm talking like above tree line, unless I'm there, this is probably all I need to take in meaning, the summers, in mm-hmm. summers, meaning 40s. all I need is the, the shirt that I'm wearing, which is generally like just a lightweight base layer type shirt Yep. and a Ventus hoodie. That's it. That's it. And that's what I, that's what I'm really excited about is, um, you're going to shave 30, 40% of the weight and bulk out of taking a puffy jacket, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, and some of the other, other benefits of like, you know, the, the increased wind resistance. So, you know, let's just point out, you know, a, a puffy jacket that's got sewn through baffles. Those are, that's your wind can blow through those holes. Heat can escape from those holes. So, um, yeah, summertime backpacking, um, in moderate, you know, to warm weather, I'm talking overnight temperatures, like the Ventus hoodie is pretty much all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of like the, the backpacking application. Uh, let me, let me throw one more in there. Cause I, I agree with everything that you've, you've said to this point about the application. I would just echo it and, and second it. Um, what gets interesting too, especially talking about the sewing lines in baffled insulation. Um, the fact that this is unbaffled, that it doesn't need all these sewing lines, makes it a fantastic layering piece to something like, let's say you're going out and it's real cold, um, and you stop for camp for the night. Well, and I've already got my Ventus hoodie on because I've been wearing it as I'm moving. Well, now I throw that regulator jacket on over the top of it, and the match pair is going to be, it's going to work really, really well. Because you're going to get just, just like with the, I guess, matching two puffies on top of each other, right? Like a loft jacket and a regulator, they're going to try to offset some of those baffles and you're going to get good warmth. But, um, the match, you know, the, basically it, it's going to just work really, really good in layers. It'll be so far this year. Um, I've kind of judged it this way. Anytime I'm going out on a, on a trip, I'm taking the Ventus with a loft jacket. If it's not terribly cold, or I'm taking the Ventus with a regulator jacket if yeah. I'm expecting really cold temperatures. Um, 
Whereas it used to be, sometimes I'd take either two Loftec jackets or a Loftec jacket and a regulator. Um, so I've just kind of been mixing it up per se, but it's going to just re work really, really good in layers. So I wanted to highlight that really quick before we move into some of these other applications. So that's backpacking and kind of general outdoor use, I would say. Uh, what do you want to jump into next? Travel or active? Yeah, um, a lot of the same concepts we talked about with backpacking are going to apply to a lot of the, the active the active outdoor sports and things like, like you know, mountain biking, things like that. So um, kind of can kind of carry that over. Um, you know, specifically, I'd probably want to call out, you know, with, uh, you know, with running. Um, if, if you um, are somebody that runs year round and you're really, really fit like that and uh, you know, say you live somewhere where you see temperatures in the single digits. A lot of people that are that dedicated to running are people that are going to run like in the dark hours, either the early, early morning or the, the nighttime. Sun's gone. It's really, really cold. Um, this is a good piece for starting out your run with because it's going to block any wind. If it's snowing on you, it's going to block the snow. It's very water resistant. It's all synthetic. It's not going to be compromised by moisture. So now on the other side of that, you're not going to want to go running if it's like 30 degrees in this. Um, unless you're a really cold person, it might be a little too warm, but kind of that really, really cold weather, high activity. Some people might be able to. We're just sweaters, Brigham. Yeah. We would sweat even in that true. temperature. <laughs> that's true. Um, but yeah, so um, a lot of the, the high activity... I would say, things. especially talking about like, you know, mountain biking, single track, any, anything like that, you're, you're moving at an accelerated rate, but not necessarily an accelerated, um, energy exertion level. Right. And it's going to really stand out for people. I think mountain bikers are going to love this piece because like, I don't know if you're jogging, let's say like in the energy level it takes to jog versus the energy level. If you were to match, take that same energy level and put it on a bike, you're going to be going two to three times as fast and it's, you're going to have more wind to cut. Right. And so because it cuts the wind so well, um, I think that it's going to have just a fantastic application for, for bikers and anyone who's kind of doing some level of activity where you're just moving a little bit faster because of that wind blocking ability. If you're going down, you know, for here, for where we're at, right? You can go to the top of the mountain and bike down off the mountain, essentially. Yeah. And if you're to start at the top, it's going to be dang cold. And yeah, when you start down. going 20 miles an hour down this trail, it is going to cut you like a knife if you're wearing a regular hoodie or, or something. You're going to have to have something that can block the wind. And that's where the Ventus is going to really shine. And the great part is if you're dropping a lot of elevation, the sun's coming up, you start getting hit by the sun, you're working hard. Um with how well it can compress, you could literally throw it in a fanny pack. You could yeah. throw it in the smallest day pack, right? Yeah. Um, so I think bikers are going to love this piece for that application. So just kind of wanted to paint that picture essentially of because of that a little bit of extra of wind blocking, um, I think it's going to stand out especially in that. But still going to be a great piece to run in. Um, I, I believe Derek has done a lot of running here in the office with it. And he's like, yeah, I'm running in like 20 degree weather. And it's great for yeah, me. You're but right. He doesn't he, sweat like us. Yeah, you're right. He, yeah, it's like I've been a little surprised. <laughs> yeah, he's still that he's still running in that thing in the mornings because it's starting to get to it's in the springtime. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's good. I don't know if there's any more on the active side that I want to that I want to cover. Um, but travel. Let's talk about travel yeah. for a second because 
I guess what I'm what I'm thinking about is we haven't been able to do say international travel for a little bit. Um, and if we're doing like car travel, right, which has been more of what we do lately, a lot of the same principles to backpacking, in my opinion, apply. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to international travel, a lot of times what I'm thinking is I need something for when I'm in that airport or when I'm in, I don't know, waiting for that taxi or something and I'm outside or I'm sitting in an airport where the vent's just blasting on me or my neighbor in the, in the airplane is blasting their vent and I'm getting cold, right? It just happens. Um, so you need something to put on, right? I think that's, I'll, you see tons of people pulling out hoodies. I think the last time we went, I brought a Loftec jacket. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. was the best, lightest, most compressible option I had right. just to be able to put something on to, to take that tiny little bit of edge off. Um, but I'll definitely be switching that out for this because I save 30, 40% of the weight and bulk of it. Yeah. I think the nice thing is that, especially think of the, the people that do a lot of, you know, a lot of international travel for, you know, more than just a few days to where they really have to get, um, pretty deliberate about how they pack. So you get into a lot of minimalism, you know, where they want to pack as few items as possible. Well, there's a lot of places, you know, unless it's the hottest place parts of the world and the the heat of the summer where you still have a need for something warmer than just your single first layer, whether it's a t-shirt or a little dress shirt or something, you still need something for either nighttime or especially people that are traveling long distance across parts of Europe where it could be the same time of year, but you go to, you know, Northern Europe versus Southern Europe, you're going to have a big swing of temperature. Say you're out you know, on a, at a sidewalk restaurant at nighttime, the sun's down. Um, people generally, you, you need something, a, a warmer layer. Well, mm-hmm. this is nice because for that traveler that needs to maximize space in their backpack or suitcase um, and, and weight, because weight plays into costs when it comes to travel and, and really convenience. Now we've got a piece that weighs basically just kind of half as much as that sweater or the fleece jacket or the fleece hoodie that people would typically take. Takes up half the space, weighs half as much, and is at least as warm, if not warmer. And, uh, and it looks good in so many, so many different environments, I mean, you know, not just wild environments. But the, the blue looks great, the olive looks great, and the black is... I, I feel like it's going to be a very sought after piece for travel, especially because black is just going to look really good in both urban and an active setting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good all around looking hoodie. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that aspect too, as far as, yeah. If you get like, let's say you're, you're a traveler, you know, that black one does, it looks classy. It looks, it looks clean, minimalist logo. You know, it's, it's, it's going to look good whether you're going to meet someone in a professional setting or whether you're literally going out for a run in the morning before you start work or whether you're, you know, just, just traveling in general and about to go do some, some real adventuring. Yeah. So, okay. Um, any other application fit that we want to cover as far as I, I, I hope that kind of the, the goal, I guess, with talking about some of these application fit is this should be a year round piece. Absolutely. Should be a year round piece that you use a ton because, it, it, it just works in so many different applications, whether you're layering with it, whether it's kind of your puffy piece for that trip, whether it's just something you put in, um, in case it gets colder, you know what I mean? It, it's a super versatile piece. Um, yeah. any other thoughts on, on that? I would just add, you know, for application, just, just day-to-day life, 
you know, just call it home life, whether like, you know, in the shoulders in spring and fall, oftentimes there's a lot of sports going on. Kids, um, you know, it's a great football game hoodie, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's a great soccer game, you know, just kind of like you're not doing a, an activity, but you're, you know, you're going to games, you're going to barbecues and things like that, just day-to-day life. You can wear this and it will be really warm and comfortable, but it's not, it, it would take a really formal situation to have this look out of place. I think that's one of the interesting things about it is because it is the combination of fabric design fit and colors, um, it, it can fit in a lot of environments where if you've got that really outdoorsy looking puffy jacket that may be the, on the same warmth level, if not warmer, that has a look to it that doesn't fit in as many places as the Ventus hoodie, meaning like you might not always go to a business meeting or to a, like a semi-casual meeting in something like that. You might feel or look, you might feel like you look out of place because those, those, those very defined baffle lines on those puffy jackets, they're, they have a look to them. It doesn't, some people not, love them. Some it's people not don't. bad. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't look as clean and quite as sharp and appropriate for as many environments or scenarios as the Ventus hoodie. I think that's kind of like the, kind of that everyday life really benefit of the way this hoodie looks. Yep. I'd agree. I have pulled a hoodie on, in fact, multiple times because I wanted to look more professional than what I was currently wearing. Like I literally did that this morning. We were doing an interview, um, for a hire and I was like, uh, I don't look super professional. And I pulled on the Ventus hoodie and did the, did the interview, you know what I mean? So it, it does, it does have a good classy look about it. Um, man, I, we've covered a lot, Brigham. I'm trying to just scratch you know, back of my, my brain here and see if there's any other things that, that we'd like to cover that we haven't covered. Um, I, nothing's really coming to mind. Um, I think people are going to be, um, we're super excited to launch this. Um, again, we're, we are launching it through Kickstarter. Those that act earlier are going to get the product earlier and they're also going to get the, the most money saved. So if you're interested in this and you're hearing this, um, quickly go check it out and see if, you know, look at, look at the different reward tiers. There's just some, there's some benefit we get to having the project take off with a lot of speed. So we, we incentivize you to, um, back it sooner rather than later. And that helps us. But even if you are hearing this and you're 30 days into the campaign, which that's about how long the campaign goes, um, you're still going to get a a way better deal than the MSRP price on this, the website price when it is in stock per se, you're also going to get this, um, still months ahead of the general public. So one to two months probably before the general public, um, so just know by backing it, you get it earlier, you save money, um, and and you're you're helping support business that's not venture capital based, which allows us to keep promoting and focusing on products that you guys want. Um, and and again, you're going to get an incredible deal on this. This this piece, I won't talk too much about this, but this piece to make to develop, um, there's a lot of expensive materials that go into this, um, like surprising amount. When we get a bill bill of basically you get you get a breakdown of materials and everything that's going into it and uh, every step of the way it's premium and um, because of our direct-to-consumer business model we're able to still bring it in an incredible price point um, 
more stoked about that. And again, by backing it on the, the Kickstarter project, you'll get an even better price point on that. So it'll be fun um, to get this out the door. I think people are going to hopefully it'll be it's always fun for us to kick it out the door and see what the response is. That's one of the benefits of Kickstarter. It's very public. It's also very it's a bigger launch typically. And so we just get to we were, we're watching just like everyone else to kind of see what happens on the campaign. We put a lot of energy and effort into this campaign for months and and for R&D, you know, longer than than a few months, you know. Um, so it's it's a it's a fun time to to launch it and we're stoked. I, I we never know what's going to happen, but we're we're definitely stoked to to see what the response is and and even more stoked when we're able to start shipping these out to people and and get their real in the field feedback as well, not just our influencers and prototypers and testers that we work with on a close basis. So Okay, any any last words, Brigham? No, I I'm excited uh, excited to get it into people's hands, and I think they'll I think they'll love it. It's just it's just got such broad application, and there's there's no there's definitely no right way to use it. It's uh, I think people will kind of use it as it makes sense to them, and that's it's just really versatile. So glad to finally be talking about it. Yeah, we've been teasing it out just a little bit for for probably a couple months now. Um, so it's fun fun to finally like really really explain all the different things that make it as special of a piece as it is. So I think we're gonna see this hoodie all over the world in no time. Um, I'm even just looking back, thinking back to some of the applications I've or some of the places I've been and and how it would have fit in so well in some of these different areas. So super super stoked to to continue for me, I guess, cause we, we get to work through all the prototypes and samples and stuff, but just to continue to use it, um, you know, the whole year and, and find new and better improved applications for it. I think that it is going to be a piece that's going to be like my constant companion. Like it, I don't see very many times and places where it's not going with me. Um, so Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you very much for listening to the Live Ultralight podcast. We love doing these very detailed breakdowns of our products, the the real why behind we design it a certain way, the real breakdown on, on all the little details that go into these products. Um, it's, for, it's fun for us, but more so the goal of this is so that you have a ton of confidence in the gear that you're getting from us. And I think that's exactly what you'd have by listening to this is you'd gain a lot of confidence in the product. We know that confidence in the product will also equate to confidence on the trail. And we want to get you outside. Um, it's a big passion for us. We believe the world would be a better place if people were able to spend a little bit more time outside and connecting with nature and connecting with friends and family out there. So go and do likewise. Drag uh, all of your friends and family and whoever you've got um, or yourself just to get outside. Go enjoy time. Go check out our Kickstarter and we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Hey everybody, this is Tayson again, and really quick, I wanted to invite you to join probably the best thing that we've ever put out, which is the Live Ultralight membership. Buying and affording gear is arguably the biggest reason that people don't get out and truly enjoy nature. You want to go, but you don't trust your gear, it can't handle the expected weather or temperature ranges, or you simply don't have the right gear in the first place at all. That's exactly why we created the Live Ultralight membership. It works a lot like a simple savings account for your gear. You simply auto-load $10 of store credit into your account every month, and you you get instant access to year-round discounts. You get free priority shipping and prioritized shipping, by the way, early access to new gear that we're releasing 
or early access to sales that are going on. You're going to get limited edition gear. You're going to get expert coaching and access to the OV team inside our closed Facebook group, which is also gated. Not anyone can join this, right? And something very, very cool where you can now get our most vetted, our favorite gear from other brands that we're now putting on the website, but members are going to get it at additional discounts and instant rebates. So for instance, if you wanted that new cation water filter that we've been talking about a ton lately, you can get it with your membership credits, and you're also going to be able to get it with a membership discount and an instant store credit rebate that's just auto added to your account after checkout. This membership has too many amazing things to cover. So what I want to recommend you do right now is stop everything, pause this audio, head over to outdoorvitals.com forward slash membership to sign up and start building your credit. We're going to be releasing some new products in there really soon at big discounts. So go sign up today at outdoorvitals.com forward slash membership. And we will catch up inside the closed Facebook group after that. We can continue this conversation over there.